Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Happy Friday. We are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we are here with Senate Eskridge. Senate is a multifamily guy with over 500 units across the country. Super excited to have you on, Senate. Thank you very much for showing up. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Happy to be here. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, I told you before we got on here, we like stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are today. I know you got a good one. So why don't we go back to your beginning? How'd you get started in real estate? Yeah. So I, I've got uh, a very interesting story. There's a couple of people that maybe have done it similar to me, but uh, my very beginnings, every step of my journey started as an accident. Think <laughs> so about many that. of us. It seems like that happened. Yeah. Before. Like we're talking like fall down off the porch accident. That's literally <laughs> how it all started for me. Uh, so I had a house that I lived in. It was about 30 miles from where I, where I worked, my wife worked and my kids went to school. So literally I had three cars every single day that were that were going back and forth 30 miles one way. So it was right. like six miles round trip back in like the end of 2008, 2009. And I'm sure you all know the gas prices were not um, where they are, well, close to where they are today, maybe a little higher. Right. And so I did the math and I had to move. It was going to save me almost $1,000 a month by moving. Jesus, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, right? So I had to do it. And so I moved. And then I put my house on the market that I lived in. It sat and it sat and it sat. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this house? Well, I rented it out really is what it came down to. That was my next step. You had to rent it out. And uh, <clears throat> I, lo and behold, not only now was I saving all this money by moving, but now I was uh, making a couple hundred dollars a month on this rental. So I just fell in love with the cash flow. Yep. And uh, so I did it again. And uh, did it again, a couple more times. And then I discovered the Burr strategy. Uh, and, you know, for those of you that are in single family, uh, you know, that stands for buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. There's a great book about that. And that's really where my, my investing journey took off when I discovered that strategy, because I could get houses for almost no money, uh, well, recycling the same money over and over, right? And I built up a big portfolio doing that. And then somebody offered me, before I could get a house refinanced or even rented rather, somebody offered me a bunch of money for one. So now I'm a flipper, right? <laughs> Again, the accidental step there. <laughs> Literally, accidentally, just, just like stepped off the porch and somebody offered me money. It was awesome. Uh, and all of it was just kind of locked into this. Uh, and then I bought a house that was a hoarder house and mm, I got it cleaned those are, out. Those are fun. Yeah. I got it cleaned out, but before I could even start the rehab, somebody offered me money for it. Oh, wow. So now I'm like accidental wholesaler almost, right? <clears throat> but after several years of this, uh, I figured out that I'm, I'm, I'm making decent money, but I'm never going to make the kind of money that I want to make. I'm never going to be able to go pro with this. And so I, I decided... You know, I, I've moved into multifamily, small multifamily, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, things like that. And I had amassed a pretty good portfolio, <clears throat> bigger than most people, 
right? Mm -hmm. And I'd grown a fairly decent net worth, but I really wasn't making that money. So I, I had to shift the gears into being a professional. <clears throat> so I spent a year just educating myself on every aspect of, of uh, commercial real estate. I looked at self-storage. I looked at retail. I looked at triple net, industrial, office, medical, you name it. I looked at it. Some things I looked at for two weeks, some things I looked at for two months, but I spent a, just a ton of time researching it. And I figured out that multifamily was the king thing for me because I had all that experience with rentals. Yeah. So in 2020, I decided to shift gears and go full force from single family into multifamily. Uh, I joined a mentorship group uh, called Jake and Gino. Oh yeah, and I had uh, I had Gino on the podcast. He's he's a great guy to talk to. Gino is amazing. He literally one of my favorite people, <laughs> and I don't just say that because I'm a member of his group. He he's a great human. He they their program really helped me become a professional in the multifamily space. And I sold all of my single family, moved all of it into multifamily. And uh, after a good year or so, year and a half into that, I actually became a coach now where I teach people how to buy multifamily apartment buildings. Uh, and uh, along with my partners and my, and my teammates, now we've done 12 transactions in the multifamily space. And in your bio, you said over 500 units, which is true. Uh, but as of now, it's 595 is the exact number. Hey man, you're almost a six. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah, I should change it now in my bio to say almost 600, but that doesn't <laughs> quite sound as as great. But you know, really, what the the shift that I want to hear everybody to hear is, I went from hobbyist, accidental, and I moved into professional, and that's that's the big difference. Yep. Yeah, and so many people they they start their real estate journey. I, you know, this is how I did it. I was definitely a hobbyist. I was just throwing things against the wall, seeing what stuck. Um, but what really resonated with me about your story is that you really didn't go into it until you saw some results. You saw the cash flow from that first property, and that's kind of made it real for you. And from there, things started snowballing, and then eventually you decided to go pro. Um, so if anybody out there, if you guys are if you've been thinking about investing in real estate, we say this on every single podcast, but you really just got to get out there and get your hands dirty, get something done. Uh, once you see that cash flow, once you see that first flip, um, you'll realize the power in it and you'll you'll really start to take it. But going back to your story, I really like that you're talking about going from hobbyist to a professional because that really is the the obstacle that is probably the most difficult in my mind to overcome. Besides the first deal that you do after that, going from hobbyist to professional is the is the most difficult thing to really accomplish. So, um, in your story, how how did that transition look? Like, what you know, in a really um, specific, detailed description, like what were the actual things that led you to go from being a hobbyist to being a professional at multifamily? Yeah, so it, I'm going to answer it two ways. First, really high level. Uh, in one sentence, I got a coach. Mm. When I joined Jake and Gino, that's really when I shifted, right? So, and, and and I love Jake and Gino. They're great for the right person, but I'm a big fan of coaching. Find someone that has done what you want to do and hire them to get you there faster than you could get on your own. Yep. More detail, let's dig in deeper, right? So I made a decision 
to become a professional and to go pro at this? That's the first thing I did. What does making a decision look like? You can't just you can't just say I'm going to do it. Like you can't be a like a smoker that says I'm going to quit smoking when this carton's gone because the carton's never gone, right? <laughs> uh, you have to take immediate action, right? And that's exactly what I did. I made a decision to become a professional. I hired a coach. Next step, I did everything that coach told me to do. I was extremely coachable to them. I got on calls. I dove into the educational platform. I took the steps my coach told told me to take, even the ones I didn't want to take because I knew that they had done it before and I needed to follow them. I also burned the boats. Mm. That's, that's a big, the hardest, very, that's the hardest step right there is burning those boats. It is. And I did it now. I did that a couple of different ways. So I started selling all of my single families. I, I made the decision. They're all for sale, right? Funny joke. Actually, April Fool's Day, there was a for sale sign in my front yard of the house I live in because <laughs> I told all my family I'm selling all the single families, right? <laughs> they didn't they didn't think that was funny. Uh, I think that's a good joke. I would have laughed. <laughs> uh, but I, I I totally agree. Um, just to jump into your story here, I mean, looking back on my own story, burning the boats and just making a a full leap into whatever you're you're trying to accomplish is so important because of energy. In my opinion, the reason that it's yeah. a necessary step you have to take is because if you don't burn the boats, if you don't, you know take these other options off the table, then you'll never be putting the appropriate amount or the required amount of energy into your main goal, you know, building a portfolio um, that it requires. And so you will, you'll constantly be just trickling energy into all these different activities, but you'll never really be making any progress in any of them because that's not how progress is made. It's, it's not by small amounts of energy. It's by explosive amounts of energy that, that really move the needle. I 100% agree with that, right? You have to put your attention into the thing that you want to do. Or say to say it another way that people remember, you've got to make the main thing the main thing. Yep. Simple, but 100% true. Usually the simplest things are. So um, let's talk about really just logistics and how it looked once you made that decision, once you hired the coach. Um, you started, you know, you sold those single family. I'm sure that was a difficult decision for you because you had built up that portfolio. Um, once you sold them, did you did you join a? I know you had your your mentorship. Did you have a uh, like a partnership you created? Were you buying these on your own? Um, how did it look for that first multifamily that you took down? One of the best things about joining a mentor uh, is the community that it creates. Hmm. My first. I don't know the exact number, but my first three deals or so, four deals maybe, uh, were all partnerships with people that I met in the community that I that I joined. Uh, so first, I've got I've got this great partner that that helped me along the way, and I want to always acknowledge him because I couldn't be where I was where I am without him. Uh, multifamily, and I think any big commercial real estate is a team sport, uh, and you need to have differing skill sets on a team. And this gentleman, his name is Chris. Uh, he and I have completely opposite skill sets, which is extremely valuable, right? He's more uh, asset management, which is like boots on the ground in the day-to-day, -day, dealing with the property managers, dealing with the tenants, dealing with the contractors, all that day-to-day -day stuff. And he and I have done 
I don't know the exact number, but more more deals with him than anyone else, for sure. And it'll probably continue to be that way. We've got this great relationship. Um, now, I have done deals with other people and will do deals with other people. But the point is, I always try to find that person on the deal that's going to be able to run that side of the business because I know that's not my strong suit, right? I'm much more front-loaded on the deal, right? I can ha- I find the deal. I underwrite the deal. I negotiate the deal. I help find the investors for the deal. I raise the capital, make sure that everything goes smooth on the purchase, and then hand it over to him or someone like him. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, um, so I'm going to take one step back from that. And I do want to you know, acknowledge what you said. Finding a partner that um, that complements your skill set is so important and can definitely, definitely make your, your career go smoothly. Um, before we go into that, though, you mentioned uh, earlier in your story that when you chose multifamily, you had looked at so many different asset classes. I love I'm kind of like, a, you know, shiny object, dude. Um, I, I, I totally, you know, I know the value of choosing one, one path and sticking to it. I've forced myself to do that, but I love options. I love the different asset classes. It's one of the reasons why I like real estate is that each asset class is so unique, so different, has these different problems you need to solve. Um, so what was it about multifamily after you looked at all these asset classes that made you want to go down that path? And then what other asset classes were you, you know, kind of almost about to choose? Yeah. Yeah. So many things to say about that. <clears throat> Number one, multifamily to me, there's so many ways that you can increase the value on a multifamily asset. So let me give you one small example. Uh, we've got this apartment complex that's got, you know, 30, 33 units in it. And all of the tenants have their own internet package. <clears throat> They're paying 75 to $100 per unit for internet. Oh, wow. Well, we're going to buy one internet pipe for the entire property, and we're going to distribute the internet ourselves to all of the tenants. In doing that, we're also going to be able to install cameras and a bunch of other security features all in one package. This system is going to cost us a little bit of money, call it $25,000, right? I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but close to that. And now we're going to be able to increase the rent $50 per unit per month. So you're okay. saving the tenants or $25, and but you are also taking advantage of the $50 per month. I'm sure your monthly subscription, I'm sure it nets out as a positive, uh, positive cash flow for you guys there. Significantly positive, right? So uh, you do $50 a month times 33 uh, times 12, right? That's a significant amount of increase to the bottom line. 19,800. Wow. That is a big, big jump all yeah. in internet. All in internet. Now, if you if you know the way that multifamily is valued, right, uh, with using the NOI and a cap rate, if you do that math at a five cap, that's a pretty significant boost in value. Three hundred ninety six thousand dollars, all from just putting a little bit of internet in your uh, in your your property. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so so because multifamily gives you that kind of a thing to be able to drive value, that's one of the biggest reasons that I like it. And there's several other things that are like that that you can do. And I'm sure there are other things in other asset classes that you can do that same thing with, right? Um, the answer, your question about the other asset classes I looked at that I really liked, I really like the idea of self-storage. I, I think that self-storage is a great asset class and it's something that's going to be needed for a long time. Uh, people always need a place to put their stuff. 
Yeah. And there are great ways to drive, drive the value there as well. You know, just by implementing professional management and professional, um, you know, like locks and sale of locks or electronic locks or security gates. There's lots of things that you can do inside of them. And that was probably my second choice I was going to do. Yep. Uh, the reason I didn't do it is because there's not a lot of self-storage in my area. Mm. And so I didn't have any, ex- any way to experience it. Now that I know about investing out of state, I could definitely do that a lot, a lot easier. And, you know, the, the next thing that I really like is uh, mixed use, specifically mm-hmm. mixed use buildings, oh, yeah. because I think that you get the best of every asset class. So my perfect vision would be to become a developer and get like a, get like a six to 10 story building, build this and put parking in the, in the sub, in the basement, retail, like restaurants, coffee shops, things like that on the ground floor offices and self-storage on the second and third floor and then residential above it and as you get higher up on the residential the higher the class residential goes like we're talking penthouse on the top yeah i think that's the wave of the future yeah mixed use retail is uh i'm i'm 100 the same way i think that's a great asset class to own and build um you know there's so many different so many ways you're hedging risk there, um, especially if you get it in the right location. Obviously, the location is everything, but uh, I, I love that as well. I actually, I, um, I don't know if we had them on the podcast or I read it, but we had somebody who did a mixed use and then they put a Costco in the bottom. And I was like, that is, that's genius. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I want to give one more plug for asset classes though. So one thing I like to do is, is I like to, to um, focus on one thing, right? I like to say I focus on one thing because I can become an expert in that one thing. For me, it's multifamily. But I want to diversify through people who focus in one thing. Right? That makes sense. So now go find a self-storage guy and invest with them. There's nothing wrong with being a limited partner, guys. There's nothing wrong with it. Or become like a capital raiser for that person if if that's your skill set. And then go do the same thing with a retail guy and a medical guy and and an industrial guy. I. I would love to just be a professional limited partner. That that's my that's my long term goal. I want to take all of my active profits and roll it into limited partners with other people in other asset classes. Yep, and I I mean you can make being a limited partner your own you know its own career path. Obviously, you need to have capital to do that, um, but you know it is it is something that you can master. I also really like to suggest people invest as a limited partner in a project if they want to get into that asset class. So if you want to learn about multifamily, if you want to learn about self-storage, industrial, whatever it is, find a a syndicator out there, find a a GP, become a limited partner in their next project, and then watch them, watch all of their communications, uh, you know, reach out to them, just ask how the project's going. There's so much you can learn from somebody who's actually out there doing it by watching them do it. Um, so I think being an LP is a it's a great almost mentorship that you can get uh, while making money. Obviously, yeah. you'll need to have money to do it because you need the, the capital to put into the project. But uh, it's a great way to do that. Um, several and- of my several of my limited partners have done that exact thing, right? So they all know I'm a coach. I'm a coach by nature. I'm a I, I coach people just because I do that. And so they come in, they invest with me, whatever the number is, fifty, hundred thousand, and they follow exactly that path you said. But when they ask me questions, I don't just answer it one off. I want to dive in for them. Right? I teach them and I show them all these things. And um, they take advantage of that from me. And I and I don't mean that as a bad thing. I'm that type of person. I'm willing to give it. 
And so, you know, I'd love to help anybody that wants to learn about multifamily. Come invest with me. There you go. And I'm going to use that as our segue because we have uh, gone through our time already. So we need to go to the quick question round. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. It starts with books or any form of education. Give me two recommendations, one real estate, one um, general life wisdom. Books. Um, So one of the best books I've read recently is called The Power of One More by Ed Milet. I have followed Ed Milet for uh, well over a decade. And this book has got 12 or 13 chapters of extremely actionable advice on uh, mindset and personality and business. Highly recommend check it out and uh, dive into the rest of his content. It's absolutely valuable. Uh, I don't want to give just a specific plug on real estate. I'm, I'm sorry to do that, but it's it's back to hire a coach. Mm. Figure out what it is that you want to do and and hire a sing and hire a coach. Right? If you want to do multifamily, reach out to me. Right? If you want to do um, an industrial, find a really good industrial coach and hire that coach. Pay for your future. Pay for speed. Unfortunately, I don't know all the coaches in industrial. I don't know all the coaches in self-storage, but there's some really good ones out there. I'm confident. Find one and hire a coach. There you go. All right, moving us on. This is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Senate who was not. He just bought that first house. You know, he just started renting it out. Go to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Mm. Go bigger, faster. Everybody says that. And if you guys are listening and you haven't started in real estate, listen through all the episodes, listen to 10 episodes. I bet nine out of 10 of the investors that come on this podcast say they wish they started sooner or they wish they went bigger, faster. Everybody wishes they do it. So if you haven't done it, just get out there, get your hands dirty, get that first deal done. That is, uh, you will not regret it once you are five years down the road. Uh, moving us on to the next one, and this is about your business. Uh, the business, our all of our businesses, they live and die on the people that work with us. So, what are the first three positions that you hired for, and then would you do it differently if you started again today? Hmm. No, I wouldn't do it differently. Uh, so, uh, the very first position I hired was an asset manager, and it's that. It's that person with the opposite skill set as me. And it wasn't a hire. It was a partner. But that's the first person I got. And I think that's absolutely the very first person. The second person, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, is my wife. I brought my wife into my business. And we don't work lockstep every single day. But my wife is my biggest supporter, my biggest cheerleader, my biggest fan. If you're going to be successful in any entrepreneurial endeavor, it's going to take a lot of work. And if you can have your spouse supporting you, pushing you and driving behind you, then it is absolutely key. Uh, now, if they're against you, you're never going to be successful. Yep. The third one uh, is an, exec- an executive assistant. Just a, uh, And mine is, mine is a virtual assistant. She's from the Philippines, but she does everything for me. Like you couldn't imagine the things that this gal does for me. It's insane. Yep. Uh, and I would do it in that order. I love it. And on on the VA EA note, um, if you guys don't have enough money out there, if you're just getting started and you don't think you can hire a VA, you can. You don't need to hire them for eight hours a day, five days a week. You can hire them for two hours, uh, you know, two days a week, and that'll cost you 40, 50 bucks. Um, so it really does help clear your plate. So take, you know, take everybody's advice here. 
go get yourself a VA. It'll, uh, it'll help you more than you think. That moves us to the next question. And this is about the US. It's a big place, a lot of square miles out there. So give me one metro you're most excited about investing in today. Atlanta, Georgia. <clears throat> All right. Atlanta. Georgia seems to be pretty popular. So does Florida. Um, so you are in good company out there. I like it. Why specifically Atlanta? Well, so my crystal ball tells me that in 10 years, when people people refer to the city, well, back up. When people refer to the city today, everyone thinks of New York City. Mm. That's what everybody thinks of. 10 years from now, it's going to be Atlanta. All right. You heard it here first. I love it. I've actually never been to Atlanta. I've flown into Atlanta, but I've never like checked it out. Um, you know, I know it's a big hub, so we'll see if it happens. Uh, moving us on, and this is this is about mentors. We've talked a lot about mentorships here on the podcast. So none of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So who is one mentor who's con- contributed significantly to your career as it is today? Well, I mentioned Ed Milet earlier. I also mentioned Gino Barbaro, uh, Napoleon Hill. Now mm. he's you know not not here, not here for us to all see. But I've dove into his works a lot. Uh, he's got amazing books. If you're not uh, personal focusing on personal development, then you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Uh, dive into Napoleon Hill's work. I guarantee it'll change your life and his obscure works, especially Outwitting the Devil. Yep. Yep. Those are all good. All right. That leads us to the very last question. You've given us a lot to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out, learn about your mentorship program, learn about multifamily. What is the best way for people to get in contact with you? The best way possible is just my website, senateeskridge.com. All of my links, all of my forms, everything are all funneled through there. So just go to senateeskridge.com. You can contact me. You can even take a free investing 101 course right on that website. Right on. And that is S-E-N-A-T-E-E-S-K-R-I-D-G-E. I will put that link in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Senate, just go ahead and click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find Senate's URL. All right, man, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thanks for having me. This was fun. You were right. The time flew. <laughs> Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the Real Estate Investing Club.com. And if you want to support the podcast, all we ask is that you give us a like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. 
So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.